That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. All right. You ready? Sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. Welcome, everyone. It is the first episode. Full disclosure, I have never done this before, so... This could be interesting. (laughs) And of course, I have with me my test dummy for everything that I do. (laughs) Uh, He is my my roommate, my friend, and my boyfriend. Hi, Dylan. Hi, I was about to say just friend. (laughs) You're stalling on that. (laughs) I'm just being funny. Um, Dylan... Tell my audience who you are and what you do. Well, as you heard, my name is Dylan, Kristen's roommate and friend. (laughs) Um, I'm a massage therapist and I've been practicing um, since I graduated school in 2017, but didn't pursue it full time until 2019. Okay. What were you doing before 2019? So long story short is that when I graduated school, you know, I passed the state exam for Connecticut. I was grandfathered in to get my license for Massachusetts at the same time. But at the, that moment when I was moving up from Connecticut to Boston, for some reason, Massachusetts mixed up my paperwork, aka buried it on someone's desk. Oh, good. So my license was delayed. And then at the same time, the company that promised me a job when moving up here, they didn't do anything as such. When I asked the company's location up here, they're like, who are you? What do you do? We don't do massage here. Oh, no. (laughs) So instead, I started working at a rock climbing gym nearby, and I worked my way up the, the ladder until I was assistant manager of one of their locations. And then I took a class in spring of 2019. It's kind of re-sparked that fire of what I went to school for. And then I gave my two weeks notice and went into massage therapy full time. Exciting. Very exciting. And so you established your own business during the pandemic, correct? You are correct. All with help from you. Yes. Um, I'm not going to play dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it's it was on my mind ever since school that I kind of had the interest of doing my own thing because then I could control exactly where I wanted my massage practice to go to. Because like with certain um, like spa chains or if you work on a cruise, like you're kind of limited to the exact style, mm-hmm. kind of what the clientele to pick. 
but with your own business, like you will attract the clientele that you want to work with. And so it was a, always an idea. And just during the pandemic, since I didn't have, I mean, I had lots of time to myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was able to kind of really use your connections and really get on top of my own thing. And yeah, July 1st, 2020 is when I opened my LLC. That's awesome. So this is a branding podcast. So I want to ask you what the meaning is behind your business name. I don't even know if you've said it yet. So what, what is No, your- I haven't actually. <laughs> <laughs> the business name is Momentum Massage Therapy LLC. And we both went back and forth several times of what we could possibly name the business because we have a chiropractor friend and his business is Move Well Chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And I loved the name because it literally had Move Well. And I really focus on people's movements and getting them moving comfortably. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, how can we, we can like do anything similar to that because then it'll look like I'm kind of like stealing the name. And so we kind of just brainstorm of what other words can describe movement and then momentum popped up and we're like I think it was my idea (laughs) I think it was my word I said I said we (laughs) we were brainstorming we were I love that Um, word too momentum popped up and we both just looked at each other just went that's it that's the one momentum Mm -hmm. because I'm all about the little things throughout the day and so little things add up over time because they carry momentum. Mm-hmm. They create momentum. Right. So with that in mind, when we were looking into making a logo for you, there's so much you can do with that word. Momentum has like a lot of different like visual things that you can do. And I think I presented you with like eight concepts, which is like a huge no-no in the design business because like, that's way too many. Like it's just overwhelming to people, but because it was you and like, we were living together and whatever, I presented you with a lot because I was excited and we ended up going with, um, it's like a circle with, with arrows in it. Um, and I guess my question for you was what drew you to that visual as opposed to the other ones that we had discussed? Well, what was nice is it didn't actually look the way it did until I put some input, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was nice, nice collaboration between us. The significance of having three arrows showing that there's movement moving forward is what caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And with the logo, the three were kind of similar in size, but I said, why don't we make the front and back arrows smaller so that the significance is on that middle portion. Mm-hmm. and as soon as we did that we're like that's it that's the logo it literally shows like the most important part is like here and now mm-hmm. whereas the two you know back is like past trauma or anything the little arrow in the front is like you haven't made it there yet but you are going towards that direction yeah I like that that's a really good interpretation that I hadn't really thought of I uh, just thought of it right here on the spot <laughs> <laughs> that nice when that happens Sometimes you just have to be put on the spot and then you're like, no, I know exactly why it's internal and we're thinking it, but we don't know that we're, we're thinking it, which I think is the cool part about design and and visual things. Um, So you talk a lot about 
momentum and moving well and getting people back to moving well and thinking about the little things. So what do you think in your life, like in the trajectory trajectory of your life, like what events led you in this direction to pursue massage, but also like the specific kind of massage? So there's a lot of history to that. Um, I know. <laughs> all started kind of even before I had any thought of massage or anything. It was back in 2006 when I was diagnosed with, well, I wasn't diagnosed with anything at that point in time, but I was eventually diagnosed with IBS. And they said, like, I had a virus. Um, so throughout 2006, 2010, when I was in high school, for the four years, I was technically only actually in school for about a year and a half. So I was like, in and out of the hospital, you know, bedridden at home and everything. And so like I didn't have any movement. I didn't have anything to like really health-wise to look forward to. And then eventually like I found parkour in fall of 2010. And I just fell in love with it. Like there was no like, oh, this is what you have to do. This is how you get it. It was just like your free form of movement, like how yeah, you determined creative. the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you determined how you went through the environment was your way. And then that actually helped a lot of my health issues because I was actually like getting up and moving, I was eating healthier. And I was actually going to school at the same time to a community college for criminal justice. I ended up dropping out of school to help take care of my family because my dad had or has congestive heart failure. And he was going through a really rough time and I really wanted to help my parents. My dad is actually now a heart transplant recipient. So now that's why I moved out of the nest because he was healthier. (laughs) Um, but then in 2015, I had a spinal injury mm-hmm. and I had barely any movement. I couldn't stand up straight. I couldn't sit up straight. Like I had to lay down. Like you could barely walk. Um, so I ended up blowing out my L4, L5 disc and I immediately just had to get surgery because it was actually cutting off the nerve to my left leg. So by the time I had surgery, I actually lost full feeling and control of my left leg. And during my recovery, after the surgery, I actually had massage work done. I had PT, I had all, all this. And I originally wanted to look into PT school mm-hmm. or chiropractic school. That would be, be able to practice in any of those industries. You have to have a doctorate. Yeah. Um, so that's at least, you know, like seven, eight years of schooling. And who knows how much debt for <laughs> a lot school. of money yeah so I was like wait I also had massage done during my recovery and I looked into it and it was oh I could do an eight-month program or I could do a 16-month program and at most maybe be like 15 grand in debt right. I was like that's more doable went to the school actually still during my spinal recovery <laughs> oh wow talked with them met with them, talked everything over, and then eventually just signed up for classes. And then in 2017, that's when I graduated. Um, I actually never, for school, I never really pursued doing well. I just kind of like skated by. But <laughs> I was, I fell in love with massage therapy um, just because it helped me so much. I wanted to help others. And just learning more about the body, even more about myself, especially for my injury and how I could help myself, I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 2017, when I graduated, I graduated with like a 3.94. 
Impressive. So I was I was really striving and upset I didn't make that four zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, story of like not you know moving up to Boston, not having a job. Like it did. I worked on friends and family here and there. But yeah, taking I took an um an instrument assisted soft tissue manipulation class oh. by Rock Tape. What is that? Um, so, in simple terms, it's called guasha. It's where you use like a beveled edge blade. It could either be jade, wood, or metal. And you go across the top part of the skin, taking the top layer, shifting it. And by doing that, it'll grab the layer underneath and shift that. And so you get a shearing effect. Mm. And a lot of times it can cause, you know, redness or bruising. Um, But I took that class and then seeing the passion of the instructor Mm. teaching us and how much like she had uh, like four different degrees wow <laughs> she was so passionate it was just like this is what I need to get back into this is what I went to school for and so literally as soon as I got back you helped me draft a two-week letter <laughs> and, sure I did. <laughs> and my manager at the time was just like oh this is surprising wasn't expecting this I was like neither was I <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happens once you get excited about something you just want it to happen right away yep and then uh, I didn't fully have a game plan, so I started interviewing at a bunch of different massage locations, and eventually mm-hmm. Elements of Burlington gave me my first job into the massage industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely rough at first, because in school, towards the end, we were maybe doing three nights a week of three clients. So it wasn't too bad, nine clients a week. Yeah. And then jumping into elements, like I was, you know, hitting upwards of like 18. Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot a- of a lot of like effort in your in your body that must cause you a lot of pain and discomfort yourself. You probably need so a massage. It wasn't too bad because I was actually really big into rock climbing at the time. So I already kind of had the strength of my muscles and a little bit of the stamina. Right. It was more so of like kind of the body positioning that I had to relearn and make sure that I wasn't hurting myself. Right. And so I could actually still provide massage. Um, so I was working with them full time. I was doing, you know, what, five, six days a week. And then the pandemic came along. <laughs> yeah, which rocked a lot of people's worlds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, going back again. I went back to the drawing board. We discussed about like, okay, I have this time to do it. Man, we should actually pursue and see what I need to get done. There was a lot of moving parts, but I had the time to do it. Did it, started the LLC. And what helped was actually in the fall of 2019, a chiropractor reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Because her massage service got injured. And I started working at her location part-time, started billing building up clientele with her. So starting my own LLC, renting space from her, I already had a clientele. So that was a huge help. Absolutely. Um, instead of just starting completely fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, Having a network is so, so vital. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're brand new to the area and no one knows what you are, or who you are. <laughs> and especially with being in a service industry, it's yeah. all about who has seen you and what other people say. Yeah, trust. It's that trust. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has been interesting starting a service industry business during a pandemic. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I also wanted to ask you. So when I first had my first massage, I think I was in like high school and my aunt gave it to me as a gift. And it was like the classic, what you think of a massage as it's like the hot stones and it's like relaxing. Like I almost like fell asleep because it was mm. like so nice. Um, but your, your style of massage is not like that. <laughs> It's a little more like, I wouldn't say painful, but like kind of painful. So I guess my question for you is if you could tell my audience what kind of style you specialize in and why you like that. The funny story is that I work on a couple. It's a husband and wife. And they're, for one, absolutely hysterical to work with. (laughs) So it's quite a pleasure when they're actually in my office and like I'm working with them Um, but it comes down to they always like kind of like go back and forth and like bicker about their massages with me and one day the wife came in and she was like yeah when we talk about you in our house you're like the you know wizard who should not be named (laughs) I go okay what do you call me then you can ask my husband when he comes in next I was like uh, oh boy. <laughs> okay. Husband comes in and I was like, oh, you're calling me names, huh? I goes, oh, she told you about that. <laughs> he calls me the friendly grim reaper. Oh my god. <laughs> because he feels like he wants to die while he's in session <laughs> with me. But after he feels glorious. Yeah. Because I point out he's a returning client repeatedly mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like yeah it feels great after right um, it's worth the pain <laughs> with schooling everyone's taught the most basic forms like acupressure and then going through Swedish massage to start so we all have a strong base and we all are on the same page but from there because I was an athlete beforehand a lot of athletes require a lot more pressure or a lot more technique to actually get into the deep muscle tissue especially because it's a lot more dense and so like a Swedish massage is only going to be or it can be only surface level and with athletes sometimes you have to get all the way down almost to bone and so I started asking questions and (laughs) I started asking questions a little too early because I remember one instructor was like I'm not supposed to show this technique until like your third semester (laughs) and it was only like first semester (laughs) I was like but I'll show you this anyway. So like when you get to that point, you start have you have the technique down. I was like, cool, I can respect <laughs> that. Um, but then I started to develop the idea of like, okay, if I'm going to be working with athletes, I need to start building my own strength or certain techniques to be able to get into that dense muscle tissue. And I always had the idea of like, oh, I have to do continuing education you know, every two years, a certain amount of hours to keep my massage license. I was like, perfect. I can do these classes, learn this and learn that. And it just developed into, I have the control range of doing Swedish, like just putting lotion on (laughs) to, I will have you white knuckling the table (laughs) and screaming bloody murder. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely swear a lot when you give me a massage. (laughs) Um, It's not my intended goal to cause pain. I don't believe in the notion of no pain, no gain. Because you Mm -hmm. can still get the same results. 
it would just take a little bit longer. So I do mix in a lot of movement where I might have you resist certain movements. I might have your arm moving while I'm creating pressure. So it's not always about, you know, making me feel like you got hit by a truck. Right. Um, It doesn't feel that way after the purpose is to relieve tension so you can feel better. Yeah. So with doing the deeper work, a lot of times it's, building that mind-body connection is bringing more awareness to that area because a lot of times from me working on people like I said earlier it's about the little things about carrying that momentum where a lot of people overlook a lot of simple day tasks like sitting on a computer where they're like shoulders are rolled forward head is like all (laughs) head is awkward or like if they have like an hour and a half commute if they're driving with one hand or the biggest thing is if they're side stomach or back sleeper, that really determines where your tension is going to be. And if you don't pay attention, obviously while you're sleeping, you can't pay attention. Right. But it's kind of like catching yourself. Okay, if I'm repeatedly laying on my right side, I'm driving with my right side, I'm leaning on my right side while at work, while working on the computer, that's going to build tension in the right side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, because it's your dominant side, your mind will automatically ignore most of the tension or pain. Oh, so like going in and doing the deeper work, it regains that connection. You actually wake up like the sensory data where it's like, oh, hey, this area isn't as great as I thought it was. <laughs> where a lot of times, especially working on you, I'll be working on one side and people are like, oh, yeah, my left is really bad because the right hand dominant. Right. And I'll be working on the left and then I go to the right and I'm like, oh, what is that? Yeah, it feels equally as painful or more painful. <laughs> yeah, so I'm also known for finding areas that people didn't know they had issues with. Right, and giving people things to do or things to think about when they're not on the table, right? To Yes, so I'm yeah. very big on giving homework to carry the momentum. <laughs> Wink, he's <laughs> winking, you can't see. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um it's again to kind of carry the momentum because yes you can come get a massage every single day if you want financially that would be great for me (laughs) Um, highly recommend but a lot of people can only afford maybe like once a week every two weeks or maybe even just once a month um so when it comes down to it my effects of massage might only last somewhat a day or it could last a whole week and the body loves routine. So if the body is used to creating that tension on that right side, because they're always using it after a few days from the massage, your body is going to naturally revert back to that. So if they can do exercises at home or even just catch their body positioning, they can help build a better routine. So the body knows how it should feel versus, oh, this is how I am. That's it. Right. Right. Like I remember I used to get, I mean, I still get tension headaches here and there. Cause when you mix CrossFit with a desk job, it's not, not a good effect, but I know when I was getting neck pain all the time and getting my tension headaches, like more than once a week, you were like, you need to raise your computer screen up somehow. And then now I have a cranium box <laughs> lifting my, uh, my computer screen up. So I'm not looking down all the time and stressing my neck out. So it's been like little things like that, that have helped me. Also the fact that you're not on a laptop, you're on an actual computer screen. Yeah, that's true. And I have a standing desk. So lots of little things add up to that. Um, I'm interested in this 
next answer. What is one, or if you have more than one, pet peeve that you have about your industry? And it could be people's perspective of the industry or things that people do in your industry. I'll let you interpret that. Um, So there's kind of two parts to it. So one of the first things I would say is people, especially insurance companies, see massage as a luxury. Mm. yes it is for the most part especially if you go like on a cruise or you go to like right. a hotel like a resort that's how it's interpreted like in the media yeah exactly um but when it comes down to it especially because i focus on movement in the body a lot of my clients they need massage and my movement therapy to be able to move right. um like i've had people come in with like frozen shoulder they've gone to pts they've gone to chiros they've done all this and that and nothing seems to work. Um, and then after one or two sessions with me, next thing you know, like they're putting on their jacket and they go, I can raise my arm above my head. <laughs> oh my God. To the fact that she needed this therapy to be able to move without discomfort. Um, that's one of the biggest things that people still ask me too. It's like, oh, do you take insurance? I'm like, no, insurance companies don't do it. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's interesting. When, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there are a lot of studies and massage still has that kind of massage parlor <laughs> where illegal things happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where one of the biggest things, if you ever go to a massage place, ask for your massage therapist license or certification of schooling. Okay. You have the right to ask for that. And if they actually have massage in the name, they have to have a license to be able to practice. Okay. So if you ever feel kind of sketched out, make sure to ask for their credentials. A lot of places are really good. Um, and you can still get a luxury massage, but it's still kind of not a respected industry in any sort of healthcare like Kairos have or PTs. Like they've earned a doctorate of being able to be recognized as a professional industry. So that's one pet peeve I have. The second is a male therapist in the massage industry. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this because I know a lot of my friends would not be comfortable going to a male. And I think prior to meeting you, I absolutely, whenever I got a massage, made sure it was a female. Males are definitely the minority in the massage industry. Which is so that's one of the and different than most industries. <laughs> it, uh, just because the macho man, I don't <laughs> touch other men ah. idea is very strong. Um, especially with I've actually had clients that were males. Like I'll take them back to the room. I'm like, oh, I'm dealing with therapist. And I take them back into the room and they go, oh, I go you thought I was a woman, didn't you? And they go, yeah. I'm like, you don't want this session, do you? And they're like, no. I'm like, all wow. right, then you can go to the front desk. Yeah, awkward. Or I've had like, if there was a couple's massage, I would have, you know, the men and women switched to where the guy didn't want to be touched. Wow. Um, but on the other side of the spectrum, um, at my own LLC, this lovely lady, she came in, and she was like, I'm nervous for today. I went, why? She was like, I've never had a male for anything, not even doctor, PTs, mm-hmm. nothing. And I go, okay, let's just sit down and chat for a little bit. 
and I was like, okay, why are you nervous? She's like, I just thought of undressing on the table and like having you touch me. Right. I just feel really uncomfortable and very vulnerable. And the stories of males therapists doing things to female clients really scares me. I go, okay, all right. First things first. If a massage therapist is licensed, they have been taught to be able to to do massage through clothing. So you can stay fully clothed. Where I've actually worked at sporting events, I've also had other females feel uncomfortable. And I've done work through hoodies and jeans. Wow. It's not ideal. Yeah, not as effective, I can imagine. (laughs) But to have someone feel comfortable, I would much rather have that. Along with, again, going back to the audience, if you are in a massage and you feel uncomfortable, you have the right to end the massage. You do not have to I don't really want to speak up. No, you have control of your session. You are the conductor. Mm-hmm. If you're like this area, I don't want touched. This is the pressure I want. I want you to use oil versus lotion. You have the right. Going back <laughs> um, to the lady. So for like, she was in for like an hour session. I took the first 20 minutes just chatting with her mm-hmm. saying like, this is the areas I can touch. We can, if you want, you can keep your shirt on. You could go with a bra, you could leave the bra on, but just not do the back straps, whatever you feel comfortable right, with. You have options. And I just want to explain like these are the different tools with like the cupping or like the guasha style, or I do hands-on. I do a lot of form. I do a lot of elbow. I do a lot of knuckle. And just going through like, I can use lotions, oils, just went through everything with her to eventually I said, okay, would you like to do any just like movement therapy where I just give them certain cueing through exercise? Or like, would you like to do hands-on? She's like, no, I I feel comfortable doing hands-on. And I ended up doing it. And then she actually ended up being a repeat client for like several months. Yeah, Um, awesome. Because I would much rather have someone be comfortable on the table than force them, this is what we have to do. Right. Having that flexibility to discuss things with them beforehand and give options. Mm -hmm. It's great. So the overall pet peeve, the reason for this story is that not that male massage therapists are respected, but they're seen in a very bad light. Yeah. And I really like to prove that wrong Mm -hmm. is that I can respect a client's boundaries. I can respect how you move and what you request but I also still want to be able to help you in any way that I can. I definitely look back to when I was getting massages when I was in high school and my early twenties and definitely not looking down on male massage therapists, but definitely just like taking them completely out of the equation. So I know that it's a little different because you're my boyfriend. So obviously I feel comfortable (laughs) having you touch me, but I think it's just proof that you can, change your mind about things which I think is always interesting and always good Mm -hmm. um so I want to switch gears we've been talking about massage mostly but now I want to get into a little bit more about you specifically and your personal life because I think like personal things really inform what you do in your work and how you work and who you work with and all that stuff so my general question for you is, do you have trouble infusing your personal life into your business life? Like, do you share personal things with clients on the table or in social media? Like, where do you draw the line with being personal via your business? So at first, I will say I was probably a little bit more robotic with clients. 
where I was just there listening to them. They didn't really share anything. And then eventually I realized like a lot of these clients, I can relate to a lot of their tension or like to their daily habits. Um, mm -hmm. And especially over the last year, like I've opened up a lot more with clients just because a lot of clients, especially with my personal business, have seek me out personally. So they already are kind of making that general connection. Mm -hmm. And then I've had people literally open up about a slew of different things. <laughs> You're like the therapist. <laughs> very comfortable with sharing. A lot of times it can be heavy for me to deal with, but at the same time, because they have been so comfortable with me, I've opened up to them about things. And I've seen that connection build between me and the client. And it makes them feel a lot more comfortable on the table. So I actually can, instead of having them be like, man, I've had this going on. I don't want to talk about it. And like, they're all tense, you know, shoulders are by their ears. But once they start talking about it, they can actually start to relax the shoulders. And I'm able to do a little bit more work because they're actually mentally releasing. They're also mm -hmm. physically releasing any of the tension they're building. So definitely as of late, I've been really a lot more open in person with clients. On social media, I never really was open about sharing my stories or like what I was doing that day. But then you were the inspiration to share a little bit more personal stories. And I started opening up about that. And then that's been helpful for me because some people I haven't talked to in a long time have actually reached out. Mm -hmm. And so it's helped me be a little bit more comfortable in my situation and see that people are there for me and stuff like that. So I'd say it's grown on me to allow more of my personal life to lead into my business mm -hmm. and onto my social media, especially now that my social media is a mix of my work and my personal. <laughs> yeah. Again, inspiration from you. Um, yeah, we live in that day and age where it's, it's tough. Some people are really, really against combining those two things, but a lot of people are very, very into that idea. I think it's an interesting time for that. Well, yeah, again, it's like going back into, you know, me working on people like they want to see who is working on them, like who they're going to be undressed under a sheet, yeah. like who are they going to trust and that they're going to be protected. Yeah. And so I think with showing more of a personal side rather than being robotic, it's a little bit more genuine. Yeah. And I think we also live in a time where we want to spend money on things that we like support and not just mm. like as an industry, but also like as individuals. Like I remember years ago during the Trump election, <laughs> um, I posted something about like Trump doing something for bad for the environment or something. And I remember my dad called me and he saw it on Facebook and he was like, you have to take that down. Like you're going to have people not work with you because of that. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to work with those people. Like, I don't, I don't want their support. Like, I don't want their money. Like I want to involve myself and, and be around people and have people support me who like, I absolutely love and who support what I support. And I think that's becoming much more of a, of a trend that, that I'm seeing at least. So I think I don't think you have to share political things by any means on social media, but even just little things like, oh, 
he likes hiking. Oh, he likes disc golf. Like these are common things that like we can talk about together during our sessions. And I think having that, those connections is, is really nice and just adds to the whole um, experience. I also want to ask you what your biggest struggle has been in going off on your own. Definitely going off your own. You have to do a lot more work. (laughs) You can't just show up. (laughs) (laughs) But probably the biggest struggle is actually going back into people feeling comfortable and about males in the industry that actually in 2019, there was a male therapist that did something to a female client. And it was all over the news. In Massachusetts, right? Yeah, up in Massachusetts. And I lost all my clients for like two to three weeks. Like I had no one on my schedule. Um, Yeah. And that was before I had my own thing. So this, so it could have been coincidence. I don't see it as that. Um, Just because again, being a male therapist, a lot of my clients are female. And then having something on the news where a woman was attacked by a male therapist definitely can put on ease nerves in someone to come get so having something like that happen is probably one of the biggest struggles um just because that's something i can't really control it i can't control it yeah it's, it's out of my hands like as much as everything that i can say to make someone comfortable the fact that it happened right that that's something that can't be taken away it can't be something that can't be overlooked like it's a serious offense like that is a serious thing and so stuff like that where like other male therapists does something that's probably one of the biggest struggles um yeah not being able to control what other people do that affects you it's very frustrating mm-hmm. well on that uh, on the lighter note <laughs> is that it's just trying to balance the work and personal life yeah. to where like try not to get overwhelmed with all the things you want to do, but all the things you have to do for your business and trying not to get, you know, stuck in neutral and not going anywhere. That's probably been the struggle as of late mm-hmm. is that I have so many ideas and this and that, but I also personal life. I want to do this and that. And I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to stay here on the couch. Yeah, running a business definitely gives you a lot less brain space and it is exhausting to constantly be running through everything in your head like oh did I respond to this person did I do this I have to go to this tomorrow like it's it's just another layer of of life that a lot of people choose not to pursue and that's totally fine but it's it's definitely an energy suck I can agree with that. <laughs> Um, on a lighter note, these last few questions, I think are just more fun. Uh, these are some things that I ask my logo and branding clients just to like get them thinking about, you know, their brands and, and things like that. So if you were a car, Dylan, what kind of car would you be? Uh, so many choices, but my all time <laughs> favorite car that I'd want to own, which would probably just make me want to be that car would be a 1967 Lincoln Continental. Okay. But what is it about that car that parallels you as a human? Or is that just one that you like? That's just one that I really like. But if you want to be more of like what car probably very similar to. Yes. Um, I was like, for me, I would describe myself as more of like 
the car that I drive, like a RAV4. It's like pretty practical. <laughs> well, it's practical, but it still has a lot of space for all the activities I do. Um, and it can take me places. And I don't know. I that's so it's how sporty, I, but luxury. <laughs> it's not even luxury. I mean, it's a luxury compared to the last one I had. <laughs> But I think in terms I'm saying of cars, it could be all dressed up or it could be sporty. You could do both. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It has capability of, of being all. Um, yeah. I guess technically it would just be the car I'm currently driving, the Ford Taurus, even though I want the show edition, not the SEL edition. But <laughs> what about the Taurus is like you? It's like can be somewhat rugged, but at the same time, it has a sensitive side. <laughs> Like my current car, it's very moody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you. But thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it gets the job done, but it can also kind of go above and beyond what I expect of it at certain times. Mm. Um, and it can go through thick and thin and still come out fine. Okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um on the same kind of wavelength, when was the last time someone said like, that's so on brand for you, Dylan? Like, is there any, anything that comes to mind when I say what's on brand for you? I have my own opinions, but. <laughs> so as we discussed before this, is I can't even really think of, I don't think anyone has ever said that's so on brand for you or like, that's so you. Which is weird because I feel like I say this every day, but maybe not to you. Probably not to my face and tell everyone else behind closed doors. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it would just be like with my client called me the friendly Grim Reaper is the fact that the Grim Reaper is misunderstood. It, it's not the harbinger of death. It's actually the chauffeur and walks with you from the plane of a living mm. to your afterlife. So he's not actually the one that slays you. He literally walks with you. So the fact that that person called me the friend grim friendly grim raper it's back that i'm really nice but at the same time i can cause a little yeah. bit of pain through my my sessions mm-hmm. but i will have you feel a lot better afterward mm. so i guess that would be probably the most that's so on brand for you be yeah. i think that yeah you're very very sweet but when it comes to massage you're kind of a brute <laughs> When needed, it's not all the time. No, I know. I mean, I think you just attract a lot of like athletes and people who need that kind of work. So that's why you're described that way. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a childhood story that is totally on brand for you. And if you can't think of a story, I don't know, describe yourself as a child. Do you think that you're very much the same as you were as a kid or have you changed at all? I think I've definitely grown in a sense because also like as a child, like I was actually bullied through school and stuff like that. So I was always Uh open to like my sensitivities and I kind of, after all that, I kind of like shut in and like shut down, like tried to hide emotions and and stuff like that. And I'm definitely as being an adult, especially just recently turning 30. ah, Crazy. is that I don't have to prove to anyone that I'm tough and I need to hide emotion. Like, this is me. If you don't accept me for who I am, then that's their issue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So for childhood, I think it would just be, I always wanted to be moving. I didn't want to sit. And mm-hmm. it also came into, even if I was sitting, I was like playing video games. Like I was Big always gamer. doing something. I wasn't just sitting and, you know, counting the dots on the ceiling. I was literally doing something with my hands. I was either always running outside, going fishing with my dad, or annoying the hell out of my mom. Mm -hmm. I was a mama's boy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, and I'd also say that you're like, I don't know, you're very big with family, Mm. and you love building relationships relationships with people you like checking in on people you're very i don't know kind and generous with your time and i think that also is a reason why you're good at what you do and why you like what you do because you get to connect with people literally all day and like that is so far from the person i am <laughs> like i have like two calls in a day and i'm exhausted like I just do not get the same energy burst from people like I used to. And I think that's something very unique to you. Like you're very much an extrovert. Yeah. Like when we go rock climbing, I can stay there and talk to people for like six hours and you're like, can we go home? Oh my God. I could go rock climbing and not say a word to one person. (laughs) And Dylan is like yelling across the gym to people and like making friends it's just we're totally different in that aspect not that I don't like people I just am more of like a independent head down I'm here to do something and Dylan's more like who can I be friends with today (laughs) well it's also kind of what I had to do as an assistant manager of a rock climbing gym I had to get to know the clients yeah but you're this is what I mean though you're you're attracted to to jobs that you get to interact with people and I'm mm. literally staring at a computer all day. Like that is ideal for me. I love that. <laughs> and it would probably bore you to death if that's what you did. So I think finding something that complements your personality is super important. Okay. Last question, completely random. When I say the funniest thing that you've ever witnessed, what comes to mind? <laughs> there are a lot of things. but probably the most thing that sticks out in my head for being funniest was was middle school me and my friend were walking to the bus stop and it was like winter so there's like snow on the ground some ice on the sidewalk talking as we're walking and then all of a sudden (laughs) I, i don't hear anything so i turn around i don't see him i'm looking around and then i eventually look down he had fallen and i went to go help him up he fell again <laughs> and they literally couldn't get up he like fell like three times oh, no. <laughs> and then he kept yelling at me to help but i was crying laughing so i couldn't even see what i was doing yeah. did you not fall try now no because i was on the balance. like dry patch of the sidewalk he was on just a huge ice sheet of ice oh my god <laughs> um but then the other time that's probably one of the funniest things is I'm fishing with my dad and my brother <laughs> and we're in this little creek we're not catching fish at all and I caught like a little tiny fish it was only maybe like three inches and then I let it go because like oh, I was small next thing you know I hear from my brother and my dad do you just let it go <laughs> yeah I, I just 
I let it's her free. a baby. <laughs> so then, to this day, my brother and my dad go, he let it free. <laughs> I was like, but it was a small fish. It wasn't a keeper. <laughs> but thus their faces were hysterical. Yeah. And just completely dumbfounded that I let the only fish that was caught that day go. I've never, I've never caught a fish and not let it go. Interesting. I, I know. I think the funniest moments for me that I can think of are all people falling. I love when people fall. <laughs> or how about when I scared you the other day? That was pretty funny. Oh my god! Yeah, that I was, was bloody murder. What I was, I, <laughs> I was like doing something with the microwave, and I didn't know where you were, and you like snuck up behind me, and like I don't know where you grabbed me, like on the side. I touched you in your back. <laughs> It's great bloody murder. And I don't even mean to scare you either, but your face, high pitched like horror movie scream. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm really like the neighbors didn't even come check. Like it's it a bad scream. We have interesting neighbors. We'll leave it at that. Anyway, yeah, I think a bloody murder scream is normal. That's true. <laughs> true that. All right, so we're going to end now. It's right about an hour. Good timing. Before we end, Dylan, is there anything you want to promote with your business? Anything upcoming? We got the holidays coming. That's a big... Yeah, there will be some holiday sales. So keep a lookout either on my social media, Dylan and Momentum, or on my website, Momentum mt.com i'll post all this in the show notes (laughs) Uh, there'll be some holiday sales coming up so keep a lookout and then i'm always growing and learning and trying to gain more knowledge with certifications so i am forever evolving my style of working Mm -hmm. to where eventually i might be able to even do virtual calls with people to where i can just coach them through exercises with certain muscle engagements and still have improved movement, even though I'm not doing hands-on. Cool. That'd be great. Be on the lookout for that. Awesome. All right. And like I said, I'll put all this in the show notes so you'll be able to find him. And I want to thank you, Dylan, for being my test dummy yet again on something that I'm doing (laughs) in my business development. You're the best. And I do what I can. Yeah. And great, great responses could have asked for a better first guest love you and yeah so that's it thank you everyone for tuning in thanks Dylan. Woo-woo.